Here's what's coming up on today's show. That is just a few case in points here and there, just like advisors doing fraud in Ponzi schemes. Most of them are good. They, and most of them are just fine, but you hear about the bad ones on the news. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the windup and the delivery. Hello and welcome in to Perfect Game Retirement. Glad to have you on the podcast today as we talk about the biggest financial fears. What do you fear most with your money and your finances? Today we're going to look through some of the most common fears, discuss them a little bit, and, and talk about how you address them because that's most important, right? We're all going to have fears in our life, but it's about how you address them. Yeah, I mean, this is this is probably the biggest reason why we have jobs. I mean, because there's <laughs> there's robo advisors. You know, if people want a product, so to speak, and they can they can, they don't need advisors. I mean, before that's essentially what advisors used to be called as brokers, and you could you had to go through a quote unquote broker to to do this. I mean, I even kind of cringe when people call someone called me a stockbroker. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is not what I do. So no, uh, let's change the phrasing of that. But you don't need, you don't need an advisor, but a lot of this is emotional and it's fear. And you know, it's cliche, but like what keeps you up at night? You hear advisors say that all the time. I don't really like that saying, but yeah, what, what, what bothers you? Um, and, and that's where advisors, a comprehensive advisor can, can help with that. And, you know, it may be helping with your fears. It may be help with marriage counseling. It may help. I mean, there's a lot of different things that we do, um, but these navigating these fears are a big part of what we do. Well, we're going to go through it today without uh, talking about being a stockbroker. We're going to go through some of the <laughs> biggest fears. Ryan has it as being, you know, being called that. Maybe that's one of his biggest fears. But uh, we're going to talk through today some of these. And in all seriousness, a lot of these are concerns that I'm sure you hear every day, Ryan. So I want to go through these and, and really kind of make sure people understand, hey, if you have these fears, you're probably not alone, too. And there are ways through proper planning to address these that you feel comfortable and, and don't lose uh, sleep at night. So if you have questions, blackoakam.com, that is the website to log on to check out and I will have a couple of mailbag questions coming a little bit later on in the show as well. So, all right, number one fear, I'm, I'm sure most people, whether or not it's a huge fear in your life, it's probably always in the back of your mind heading into retirement is, am I going to run out of money before I die? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, this is good to be a number one uh, fear, but yeah, it is. Everyone, everyone has that fear. Even if you have a very, very large nest egg, there's still that layer of fear that mm, what if, what if, what if, what if, and, and as humans, our mind can go down that rabbit hole as far as we want to go. So running out of money before you die. Yeah. There, there's a concern for that. Obviously, you know, people who have pensions, you're going to have a certain amount coming out. Uh, you know, do you have a cost of living adjustment to those uh, pensions? Not a lot do some do, but not a lot do. So, okay. Inflation is going to eventually kind of eat, eat into that, but you still know that you have some money coming in. Those who have paid into Social Security, another great benefit. If you have a husband, wife, and, and both of you have paid into Social Security, you may have a really good benefit. I mean, I was just doing a, a financial plan yesterday for someone, and like their combined Social Security was like seventy two, seventy three thousand dollars. I'm like, that is not chump change at all when you combine both of those. Now. Obviously, if one passes, then then you keep the higher but of the two, but then you lose one uh, of the benefits. But 
Uh, so there's a good cushion there to help people know that they're not going to quote unquote run out of money. But then obviously you have your nest egg and if it depending on how it's invested, I mean, obviously there's volatility to the stock market long run. I, I do believe in the market and I think you'll be better off, but there's that fear of a huge correction and it going to zero. So I guess technically you have to tell people, yes, the stock market could go to zero. <laughs> That, there's a whole lot worse problems that we're going to have to be dealing with if that is the case, but it could it could lose money a lot. Um, so that's where you know the word annuity gets gets a negative connotation in our in our industry. And you know I think they're oversold. I do. Um, I, I think they they are, but they do have a great purpose for some people. Um, it is a asset class that can guarantee a certain amount of income. So if your social security benefits, not great, you don't have a pension and you just want to know I have X coming out or coming to me every single month. If I put this lump sum in, let it sit for a few years and grow, then at a certain time when I want to turn the income on, I'm going to get it forever. Well, that's a fit for some people. So just to say that annuities are bad, because you know what? Your social security is an annuity. You know what? Your pension is an annuity. It just doesn't have, it has, has a certain different name. Uh, so again, an annuity has got to be the right fit, but they could be a fit for people who don't, who are risk adverse and they want a certain amount because they know what their fixed expenses are every single month. They want to know those are taken care of. Great. Super. Uh, that's a fit. There's, there's a ton of companies right now offering lump sum pension buyouts, if you will, saying, hey, here's a here's a lump sum and you can take this lump sum, roll it over to an IRA or an annuity and create your own pension. Well, that's where you do a pension analysis. And some of those lump sums being put into an annuity can supersede what those pension payouts are. Uh, so and, and it's your asset too. It's not the it's not the asset of the pension. So running out of money before you die is a real concern for everyone, but there's ways to address it depending on what your income situation is and what your income needs are. All right. So a big one to start with here. And I don't know about this number two. I don't know if this is a big of a concern. Um, 15, 20 years ago, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like this is definitely something that's maybe more important now going along with maybe some healthcare costs and long-term care costs, but just blowing through your entire nest egg, having to pay for nursing home care is a fear that a lot of people have right now. Yeah. I mean, with the cost of it going up with traditional long-term care policies, very difficult to qualify for or to get. And if you get one, the expense of it. Now the insurance world has started to change and modify how they um, can help pay, help you pay for long-term care. There's life insurance policies that are like long-term care hybrids now where you know, you can you can basically spend your death benefit on long-term care and you're just qualifying for a life insurance policy because sometimes the underwriting on long-term care policies are more difficult than than life insurance, which is which is crazy. But for when these when long-term care life when, uh, excuse me, when long-term care policies first started coming out, uh, that it was like the Wild West and people were almost all insurance carriers were selling them. And now there's hardly any. There's only a handful that still even do them. Uh, so it's difficult to do. So blowing through your entire nest egg, especially for husband-wife couples and one person going into a nursing home while the other one is not, that's a real that, that's a real thing. Uh, so one person uses up a bunch of the assets, and then the person who is still alive you know, that nest egg has been eaten into because of those nursing care or in-home care costs. So that is a real problem. 
Uh, a lot of people don't want to address it. They they think they need to, uh, but they think, oh, it's too expensive. But okay, is is a is a life insurance premium too expensive? Uh, and you can get some of these that you only pay on for a certain period of time. You don't have to pay for them for the rest of your life. So go ahead and pay on them and then have it paid up. So it's already done. So maybe build that into your retirement plan because you're guarding against something catastrophic happening. And the good thing about these these life insurance hybrids is there's a death benefit. So if that person were to pass, there is there is a there's a benefit there. A, a traditional long-term care insurance policy, you never use it, well it goes away. Uh, now there's some some that are return a premium and I won't get into all that, but most of them aren't. So eating through maybe not your entire nest egg, but taking a huge bite out of it is a is a 100% concern because more than likely somebody's going to use it because we're staying alive longer. Uh, mental illness is a real thing and, and just physical illness obviously has always been a thing, but people are just staying alive longer. So the chances of you using it are pretty good. All right. Let's talk about taxes. I know a lot of people fear having to pay taxes and more specifically paying more in taxes than they have to. So how do you address this fear for retirement? Yeah, we touched on this a little bit last episode is taxation in retirement. And again, moving those assets over to that tax-free bucket or that more tax-efficient bucket uh, in, in brokerage accounts or Roth IRAs or Roth 401ks, having that money in there just allows your money to go further because you don't have to pay you don't have to pay the tax bill uh, on all that pre-tax money the pre-tax money if you need 10 grand you need to take whatever 12 grand out or 13 grand out because you got to send money to the feds and to the state if you have a state income tax so uh, paying more taxes you have to pay is a real thing because it does affect your social security benefit and it does affect your medicare premiums uh, the higher your taxable income, the higher your Medicare premiums are going to be, which again, all this means you have to take more money out of your nest egg. So if you can save a few hundred dollars a month just in taxes, that just that allows your portfolio to last longer. So hopefully that helps, you know, our first point that we talked about of running out of money before we die. If you're saving in taxes, then it's going to make that, that's going to make that nest egg last that much longer. And, and if you do have two social security benefits, like the previous example I gave, and you're bringing bringing home seventy two thousand dollars a year in, in Social Security benefit. Well, okay, great. Maybe you don't need to take as much out of your nest egg as you thought you were going to need to. So a lot of ways around it. You just gotta you gotta plan for it, and uh, taxes you gotta plan for those. Yeah, I'm glad you you hit that last episode. We we talked on uh, the top tax top tax questions for retirees in 2023. A great place to start if you have tax questions, go through there, see how many of those you can answer if you have a plan in place for those. And if not, again, feel free to reach out blackoakam.com to talk to Ryan and his team. All right. Another fear here is, you know, about your legacy, right? A lot of people want to build up that nest egg so that they have something to pass along to their kids. So the fear is that, hey, I'm not going to do this right. I'm going to have nothing left to pass along. Yeah, and that's a concern. I wouldn't say for everybody. Um, there, there's there's some people that kind of joke. I mean, we've all heard this joke that hey, I'm going to cash my last check right before I die. So there, there's some that are that way, uh, but some people do. I mean, you know, people of faith. It's it's biblical to take care of other generations, and so people take that to heart and they want to make sure that there is something left. How much they're not exactly sure because we don't know how long we're going to live and how much we're going to need of that nest egg. So 
passing it on to your kids is definitely a legacy thing. And if you want to plan for that, uh, there are ways to do that, not only with maybe some types of insurances, maybe you still have life insurance. Uh, some people always, you know, as you get older, a lot of people say, well, I don't need it. Well, maybe not. But if you have life insurance, you can kind of think of it this way. Then you can spend your nest egg as much as you want. So when you do pass, okay, here's a gift. There you go. Here's life insurance proceeds, which you get liquid. It's quick. You, you get it quick from the life insurance company, tax-free. Uh, so there, there's a lot of benefits to having a life insurance policy. And I know people say, quote unquote, I don't need it, but it's a good legacy play where you don't have to worry about saving money to leave behind. There's a death benefit there for, for the life insurance. So not having enough, a, a, a lot, I have more and more people saying that leaving a legacy is not as big a priority as they thought because they are afraid that they may run out of money because inflation is running so high. They need more and more money out of their nest egg. So it's, it's less of a priority, but still a priority for a lot of people. Okay. Fair enough. If that's a priority for you, you want to get a plan in place for that. All right. A couple more fears here to, to address. And, you know, we all, we all envision what retirement is going to look like. And we all have, you know, a lifestyle that we hope to live, but I know people that maybe have hit retirement are getting close and have seen what the market has done and maybe account values down, start worrying, maybe I'm going to have to recruit, re reduce the quality of life that I'm going to live or change the lifestyle and, and not do as much as I'd hope for. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a fear or a concern. There's always going to be changes to lifestyle. Some, some we can kind of foresee and, and some we can't. And obviously a, a, a good example of uh, of that, it was was during COVID. Um, obviously, people's lives changed pretty quick, especially for retirees. There was a lot of fear, obviously, with with people of older age and susceptibility to getting COVID, and p the potential death rates were higher because um, of maybe previous conditions or immune systems not the same, maybe as younger individuals. But so people scale back. They didn't travel as much. They didn't do as much. They weren't out and about as much. So they kind of quote unquote hunkered down and didn't do a whole lot. So their incomes uh, were, were their lifestyles lessened. Um, and, and so you had people taking less money out, but then the market shot up. So you had a nest egg that maybe grew a little bit more than expected, which is great. But then you have, you know, then you have last year with inflation running as high as it did and the market losing what it did. So there's constant, there's going to be constant fluctuations. Um, obviously, we didn't foresee, I always knew there was going to be inflation. I don't think people thought it was going to be this high this quick because you can't spend that kind of money and have rates as low as we've had for so long and not have an inflation problem. And, and this is why you're seeing in, in interest rates go up so much. It, it has to happen. Uh, it, it sends a shockwave to the stock market when the interest rates go up, but you know what? It's got to happen. It, it cannot sustain at this at this rate. So there are people potentially taking more money out right now uh, because of that. So not only do you have the market going down, you have people needed more money out. So you kind of had a good storm, if you will, in 2020 from a from a spending and investment standpoint to the exact opposite happening. The market's down and people spending more. So we do income plans for people and I always, I always tell people this is like our rough draft it's always going to change but we keep it updated and and there's constant fluctuations that need to be made so we we plan for inflation so when we look 30 years out we think oh my gosh i'm not going to need 300 grand in retirement well you may need 300 grand because inflation has been running what it has <laughs> so you always want to 
bake that into your financial plan. But um, yeah, I mean, having to change your lifestyle, um, whether you want to do it or it's forced, it, those adjustments that are going to be made. Absolutely. All right. Last one here when it comes to money, you know, people are hesitant of who they work with. They want to protect what they've, what they've done and they're not sure who they can trust with money. And I know, you know maybe the hesitation people have with working with an advisor is they just feel like, Hey, if I find the wrong person, maybe I'll get taken advantage of and they or find someone that doesn't really have my best interest in mind. Yeah. And I get that. I mean, I'm, in the business, so you kind of think, ah, oh, trustworthy person, but you, you hear storylines, you hear of advisors doing that, of taking advantage of people and getting thrown in jail. I mean, the most recent series on Netflix on Madoff. I mean, that's that's a if you haven't seen it, gotta watch it. If you have Netflix, watch Madoff. It is it's unbelievable what transpired um, with that guy and, and, and what he did. Uh, so yeah, it, it is a risk. Um, I mean, there's so much oversight now, like on that series, you see the, 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 the SEC is portrayed in there and the SEC was almost like kind of turned a blind eye, but um, they, they don't do that anymore. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of compliance and it's well-intended. I, you know, it adds a little bit of extra work for us. I do get it, but they're looking out for, the consumer in their best interest. So that's where you just want to do a, a good bit of vetting and, and go through, you know, ask people that you know and who they work with. Um, again, we're on, on Dave Ramsey's website. So there's a hopefully a layer of trust there. Obviously, Dave's not going to just put anybody on there. So hopefully that people go there and say, okay, these are at least somewhat trustworthy people. I just got to find a good personality fit with them. Um, so you can ask, ask an advisor how they're paid. Uh, are they a fiduciary? Are they uh, commission-based? Um, not that one is technically better than the other, but commission-based, they, they aren't quite held to a fiduciary standard. Uh, so you want to ask those things. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of layers that you can go through before you make a decision. Um, there's, there's websites online as well. Uh, Broker check with FINRA. You can go there and enter an advisor's name and look at their uh, past history, it'll, it'll disclose that as well. So there, there's ways to, to, to kind of counteract that, but man, there's always stories. There's always stories of fraud and Ponzi schemes, and it's very unfortunate. It is. It gives our industry a bad name. Uh, I hate to compare it to, but I mean, you, you see like these stories of police officers, you know, of, of certain incidents, they're very unfortunate, but I mean, that's, that is just a, few case in points here and there, just like advisors doing fraud in Ponzi schemes. Most of them are good. They, most of them are just fine, but you hear about the bad ones on the news. Yeah. It's always the, the bad news that leads. So it's definitely some reason to be concerned. But again, if you want to learn more about Ryan, want to sit down and meet with him, just uh, learn how he might be able to help you, see if it's a good fit for you. Just start by logging on to blackoakam.com or you can call the office at 470 470- Five zero eight zero five zero eight. All right, a couple of mailbag questions to get to before we get out of here today. Michael's in Stockbridge, and he sent in this question for you, Ryan. I inherited some money from my mom when she passed away last year. I didn't. I just got a letter telling me that I have to withdraw some money from the account this year. What's that all about? I did. I thought I didn't have to until I was in my seventies. So, okay. So I'll address the last part until you're 70. So Michael, if this, and you said it was your mom. Okay. So if it's your mom and if, if it's in an IRA, then you have to open an inherited 
IRA and there's different rules that apply for that. So Michael, I think you're thinking of required minimum distributions for an IRA <clears throat> that's in your name, but this is an inherited IRA that's in your name from the, that's been passed on by your, by your mother. So you're, it's almost like your, your mom's name will be on there, but yours as well, because it's an inherited IRA. So, um, and I can't speak specifically on the letter that they gave you, uh, cause it depends on when your mom passed away. Um, uh, if, if she passed away before 2020, so anytime 1231 of 2019 or before, yes, there is a required minimum distribution, um, on that account. So the year that your mom passes, it's, it was based off of her age. And then any year thereafter, it's based off of your age. But those rules have changed. Uh, So that was what they called an inherited IRA or nickname a stretch IRA, meaning you could stretch it out over the course of your entire life. Now, you can take it out anytime you want to, Michael, but a a stretch IRA allowed it to last longer, if you will, potentially. Now there is a 10-year rule. And again, I won't, there's many rabbit holes to go down here, but for the most part, if you, if you're a, a loved one that's not a spouse, a non spouse passes away, you have a 10 year rule to take that money out of that IRA. So you technically don't have to take any money out. You can wait until the 10th year and take it all out at once, at least as the law is written now. Now that could change. Uh, lawmakers could change that anytime they want to, but it's, but a 10 year rule means you have to take that money out. Now, what do most people do? Okay. They take little bits out each year. So the tax implication may not be as high. Some people take it all out in the first year because inherited money is usually the quickest money ever spent (laughs) Um, unless there's a plan for it. But a 10 year rule applies, Michael. So if she just passed away, you technically have 10 years to be able to to pull that money out. So again, if I didn't, I don't have the letter that you sent in front of me. I, I would like to see maybe what it said, but you don't technically have to, depending on when she passed away, but it has to be 10 years from when she passed if it was after 2020. All right. Great question, Michael. Thanks for that. I hope that provides a little bit more clarity for you. Madison is in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for writing in, Madison. She says, I've talked to a financial advisor and I like him a lot, but I'm trying to do my due diligence before deciding who to work with. How do you really know if somebody is trustworthy or not? Yeah, that kind of that was like our last question. Yeah, that, um, our point that we had today, Madison. So, like I said, just do your do your homework. Uh, meet with several people if you want. Some people don't have that much time to meet with several, but I would have conversations and and meet with individuals. Again, um, I think the website's brokercheck.finra.org. If you want to just Google search uh, brokercheck, uh, Finra F I N R A. So you can you can look up like what licenses they have, what states they're licensed in, any history, complaints, you name it, you can find on those websites. And almost to my knowledge, every advisory firm should have a link to BrokerCheck on their website. I know we do because uh, FINRA makes us. Now, there's some some compliances that are a little bit different. So maybe not everybody has it on there, but I know we do. So I would just keep doing your due diligence and, you know, your gut does tell you a lot uh, when you do meet with, uh, with some individuals. And uh, I, I've even had a few um, client or excuse me, I guess people that I've met with who aren't clients yet want to 
talk with clients and you just got to make sure that's okay from a compliance standpoint to do that um, and have one-on-one conversations with those individuals. So that doesn't happen often, but sometimes it does. So just do your homework. I think you're doing the right things, Madison, and I think you'll find a good good pick. Just just make sure you're you're doing your due diligence and go to broker check as well. Awesome. Thanks for that question. We appreciate that. If you have anything you want to ask Ryan directly, log on blackoakam.com for Black Oak Asset Management. And the phone number is 470-508-0508. So we all have fears with our money and uh, hopefully we address some of these. And if you have more concerns beyond what we talked about today or really want to dive in a little bit deeper again, please feel free to contact Ryan. All right, Ryan, we appreciate your time today as always and uh, look forward to catching up soon. Absolutely. Go Braves. There you go. As pitchers and catchers report, probably well, already we'll be well into that by the time people listen to this <laughs> know, episode. Right? So enjoy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Perfect Game Retirement for Ryan Ledden over at Black Oak Asset Management. I'm Ben George. Take care. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.